Welcome back to The Edge with your boy Micah Parsons live in your Bleacher Report app. We wrapped up an important and a great year. It went by so fast. I can't believe how fast it went. We just wrapped up the 2023 NFL regular season. And let's get right into it. It's playoff time. Everything's way more tense, way more serious. Not that things weren't serious before, but y'all know everything's on the line. There is no more next week. There isn't no more tomorrow. There isn't no more. We got to get better. It's winter go home. And everything matters. Every play, every inch, every yard, everything matters. So let's just talk about it, wrap it up, and just know I enjoy my time with you. Biggest takeaway, obviously, we clinched the NFC East. Uh, obviously, that's a big win. Uh, becoming number two seed and being able to play at home. Uh, people know how well we've been able to play at home. So I think that's very important for the Dallas Cowboys um, and very important to Obviously, the energy, everything changed. Everyone's like, oh, we're home. We get to play at home for at least two games. Um, obviously, if we win on Sunday, hopefully we win. Y'all know how much is important. Green Bay, Dallas doesn't get any bigger, but we're going to get into that later in the show. But let's just wrap it up. Got my 14th sack of the season. Um, big career high for me. I said I wasn't going to be a 13 guy no more. Just speaking into existence, I thought I was going to be a 17, 18 guy. But we won't get into that. We all know we coulda, shoulda, woulda. But we have 14 this year. Obviously, next year we're trying to go bigger and better and just keep taking, raising the bar every year. Raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar. But uh, fifth player since 1982 with at least 40 career sacks in the first three seasons. Uh, super blessed, super honored. And just thankful every day the Dallas Cowboys chose me. And they put so much effort and energy into me. And obviously, let's talk about the my teammates. CD, this close to the Triple Crown. I mean, hell of a year, brother. Deron Bland, our interception leader, led the league with nine interceptions. True ball hawk. It's truly going to be amazing to see. And I'm so sick we didn't get to see Bland and Trayvon together this year. I wonder, oh my gosh, it makes me so sad that, you know, that one incident took that away from us. But I think Trayvon and Bland is going to be the best duo in the NFL next year. I can't wait to see it. This is going to be so exciting. I think we have the two best ball hawks in the NFL, and it's not even debatable. Obviously, Bland with a career high of nine interceptions, and Trayvon Diggs, I think he was 11 or 12 uh, my rookie year, but truly amazing to see uh, one of the best corners in the NFL. And then let's get into my quarterback. Oh, Dak Prescott called his shot, said he wasn't going to have 10 picks. But not only did he not have 10 picks, but he led the league in touchdowns. He's my vote for MVP. Um, he had a hell of a year, uh, you know, passing rating, completion percentage. I mean, Dak, I mean, he just had a terrific year. Couldn't be more proud of him. And it was the bounce back year. A lot of people, he dealt with the hand injury, uh, coming probably rushed back earlier than he had to midway through the season last year, just trying to get a rhythm of things. Uh, but he made no excuses. He made no excuses. He just got better. And I knew it was going to be a special year for Dak coming into training camp. I know y'all saw the training camp. Uh, when Dak's talking trash back, everything's intense between Trayvon and Dak. And Dak just had that swagger, man. He had that he had that composure. He said, I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep going. And, man, number four, hell of a year, brother. Uh, you're a pro bowler. You should be an all-pro, no doubt in my mind. Uh, it, I mean, hell of a year. Way to bounce back. And like I said, he's going to get paid. But obviously, the NFC East, this is a ninth straight season that the NFC East had a different, uh, had a repeat champion since the Eagles in 01 through 04. I mean, this is one of the most wildest streaks. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the NFC. 
Uh, a lot of great battles, a lot of great teams throughout this time period. But I think the Cowboys have a chance to go repeat next year and break the streak. Um, but it, it's been a hell of a run. Uh, the Eagles almost did a repeat. Uh, so I think it's the Cowboys' turn next year to go do it. But it's going to be some great battles. Y'all know Eagles, Cowboys, and I think Washington will be better and the Giants will be better. It's going to be some great battles. Uh, super exciting, but it is one of the most wildest streaks. There has not been a repeat champion. But let's get across the league. Uh, I saw Shannon Sharp go off on Jameis Winston. I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, Jameis and all this stuff. And I want to talk about it. You know, it, it, it's been it's been kind of crazy. I think in that position, you don't go for it. Um, because obviously, the team's conceding. You're in victory formation. You're all the way down the field. But also from their their side of it, and I try to look at things from both sides, is if the whole team agreed to go for it, you know, and it it wasn't just Jameis and everyone's like, man, let's just get him in. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to to judge that. It's not like Jameis, you know, made the call and no one agreed to do it. And he just, uh, let's just hear what Jameis had to say. And then we'll, we'll just keep going off of that because. I think this is all extremely important. Well, I apologize to DA yeah. because the play was was victory. Yeah. Uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. Yeah. And uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I say, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from DA's perspective. So I I, I give him that. Yeah. yeah but DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one yard. Line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so if 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 we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know, so uh, Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not not in. <laughs> no, I'm uh, just but it was it was a, it was an offensive mean, team stop discussion. Stop uh, the one. However, when you when you return the ball to the one yard line and you have the opportunity, we just had the opportunity and uh, and we decided. Do you think it's the kind of thing though that is forgotten fairly quickly, or you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think it should be forgotten, especially when the score is already 41-17. Uh, so I, I don't know how, how much worse it can get. Uh, but I got a ton of respect for Arthur Smith and the coach that he is. Uh, I think they do some incredible things. I didn't mean to – I didn't want to disrespect him. That was not my intention. Uh, my intention was to lead the team that I've been with the entire year. And we made a collective decision that we wanted to get one of our guys who they fight with blood, sweat, and tears every game in the end zone. And uh, I'm going to feel good about that. I think Jameis has always been a team guy. I don't think any any amount of Jameis uh, throughout any every we all seen videos of Jameis's speeches, uh, how he handles himself. He's always been a team guy. So I, I I disagree how everyone's been shaming him. You know he it's not like Jameis wouldn't score. He thought of scoring for his teammates. He's always thinking about others. I always put in that perspective. Who has that man been before this incident? And Jameis always been a team guy. I mean. You, you got to tip your hat to somebody like Jameis, thinking about the guys in the room, uh, especially a morale boost. You know, obviously, you always want to score a touchdown. You always want to see your impact throughout the year. And Jamal battled uh, injuries and obviously having Alva Kamara out there. Uh, I think, I think you know, in his eyes, it was the wrong call. And he shouldn't feel wrong about it because he's looking out for others, uh, even though it's going to make someone upset. And, and that's just part of life. Not everything you do is going to make everyone happy. So at the regardless... Uh, Jameis, there's there's no hate over here, and you know, uh, and everyone around him supported that decision. So there should be no shame um, about that, and, and that's point blank. Period. Um, and obviously, the national championship. 
Uh, extremely national championship. Very, very exciting. Uh, there, it, it's a love-hate relationship, obviously, between Michigan because I'm in the Big Ten with Penn State, and I'm always rocking where we are. But Michigan is national championships, uh, national champions, and it is it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, and it sucks. And I did pick Washington, and, and that was on me. But obviously, Michael Penix was hurt. Um, and what we all thought was Texas had a lot of success in a run game over Washington, and we felt like that would transfer over to the national championship, and it did. Blake Corum and Edwards had a terrific game, two touchdowns, over 100 yards. They were both, uh, you know, they're in the top four of running backs with two touchdowns over 100 yards, and it's both uh, Michigan running backs. And it, it carried over. There was no adjustments. So it, it stings a little bit. I was rooting for Michael Penix, without a doubt. Uh, and, and if you watch the game, Michael Penix was under duress the whole game. Michigan dominated the line of scrimmage the whole game. That absolutely dominated the whole game. Uh, very sad. Uh, it, it, it was a tough game. It's hard to win any game when you're getting dominated up front. And that's just point blank period. Congratulations, Michigan. But you already know it's always uh, we are. And then we also talked about the people that was up in the suite. We saw, uh, man, we saw Michael Jordan there, Derek Jeter. Obviously, Michael Jordan's there because he he's representing Jordan. Uh, and you saw Travis Scott. I mean, this is a this is a hell of a suite. I mean, there's so much like Hall of Fame and greatness in that suite. I wish I was in that suite, bro. They, I, I mean, I'm dying to meet Michael Jordan on just a mentality perspective on how he came into every week, how he uh, proved his greatness every day. I mean, him and Kobe are like one of my favorite athletes ever when it comes to mentality, uh, grit, and and even Jeter. I mean, Jeter done so many great things in New York. And I mean, I, just on the terms of greatness, when you strive for greatness, you just want to hear that. And I know they just piggyback off each other all the time. I mean, that's a hell of a suite. I mean, if I could create a suite, those people would be in my suite. Man. You are you who you hang with, uh, point blank, period. Um, and then there's a lot of talk about Jim Harbaugh. Should Jim Harbaugh leave and go to the NFL? Honestly, at this point, it, it's almost the same thing, especially with NIL. Uh, the NIL is making it so much more uh, money and business-like. But I think the way Jim Harbaugh turned Michigan around and after winning one championship, I think it would be so hard to just walk away. I, I I just don't think I could walk away after winning one national championship. Obviously, he got two Big Ten championships now. Now, obviously, switched the reign from Michigan, uh, from Ohio State to Michigan. And I think Penn State's on his way. But I, I think he has to do it again, keep repeating. I don't think he just did all that to get one championship and go. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got bigger dreams and aspirations uh, in the NFL and things like that. But uh, the way he's turning around uh, college, I, it's, I think it'll be too hard to leave. And I think he's having more fun. I think a lot of people, and they say they have a lot more fun impacting young kids' lives and obviously the grown man part of the business like the NFL. Um, so I think Jim might stay. I, I think uh, Jim might stay and he will uh, continue to dominate in college football. I don't think he will leave. But obviously it's the end of the year and it's time to wrap up. The NFL Awards, and this is going to be a good one. Obviously, we're going to break it down. Thoughts, opinions on who's the most viable defensive player, rookie of the year. And let's get into the, I tweeted this out earlier. Let's get into the discussion. What is the difference between dominant and a good player? And I think 
we often tend to try to collide them both and say a dominant player is the same as a is a good player. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you if you put into let's just go to edges, right? You put into perspective. I think how someone is blocked, right? I would you no GM head coach is gonna leave me one on one with anybody. Trent Williams, I said Trent. I said, you said you one of the best old tackles. Why why is he coming? He's like bro. No one's leaving you one on one. Like no one's leaving Miles Garrett one on one. No one's leaving. Uh, even watching Nick Bosa, uh, I watch a lot of his film. Uh, at least 70% of the time, no one's leaving him one-on-one. Even Max Crosby, I think Max Crosby is one of the best edge rushers, high-motor guys, and he's not hes not even consistently one-on-one. And then you see, that's why you look at stats like, these like, man, we can bank on our guy beating him, uh, you know, one-on-one. We just got to make a bet, and our quarterback got to make the read, and the ball come out quick. But, bro, a lot of these guys are getting left one-on-one, and that's just reality. I mean, we could watch the tape, look at the tape, and that's just edges. And then you look at, like, receivers, right? If you look at C.D. Lamb, nobody's leaving C.D. by himself. He's a dominant player in this league. He he is not a good wide receiver. I think a good wide receiver, anyone in the means of seven, uh, seven to eleven hundred and thirteen hundred plus, you're an elite dominant receiver. And sometimes we try to collide them and make comparisons. And the reality is no comparison. These people do not get the same game plan. They do not get the same treatment. Sometimes I'm getting out triple to. I'm getting chipped and I'm getting a slide with the guard helping. Like there is not the same as being a dominant and a good player. Like, uh, dominant, this, you tilt the field. Like, Julio Jones in his prime, he used to tilt the field. Calvin Johnson, they used to tilt the field to put more coverage pieces on them and bank on other people beating them. That's what dominance is. I feel like nowadays, we, we just, we, we're exposed to mediocrity, and now we're, we're coming away from what a dominant player is and what he brings to the game. Tyreek Hill's a dominant player, bro. Back-to-back uh, -back 1,700 yard seasons, there is no comparison. He's the top three wide receiver in this NFL. Like, but we're not going to put him in the same category as other receivers. It's just not the truth or the reality about it. But, you know, let's get right into the, uh, the awards because um, there is no confusion on this show. Uh, we're This is the real honest, I don't care about media, outlets, whatever. This is the honest player opinion of, you know. And obviously, the top three MVP are Lamar Jackson, Deck Prescott, Brock Purdy. I think without and we could go through the stats, right? Uh, Lamar Jackson, thirty six hundred yards, uh, twenty four touchdowns, seven interceptions, eight hundred twenty one yards rushing. Um, great year. Uh, he's the lead for MVP, um, right now. But without a doubt, it has to be Dak Prescott, forty five hundred yards, uh, thirty six touchdowns. He's in the NFL, has nine interceptions, uh, less overall turnovers, and uh, you know, QBR seventy two point six, second QBR. Uh, without a doubt. I think Dak Prescott had the better year. Um, I mean, look at the Ravens' defense. They just won the Triple Crown. Um, they had the best defense in the NFL this year, without a doubt. Like, there, 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 there's back and forth. There's balance to it, right? Lamar played great. Uh, obviously, he's going to win MVP because how the media looks at it. But Dak played the best football in the NFL. I don't, and you know, as a quarterback, no one can tell me differently. The stats, the film, uh, the plays he's been able to extend, what he did this year. He, he is by far my MVP. I mean, and those who say it's not about stats and uh, they say it's not about interceptions, whatever, when it mattered, Dak won. We lost some close games. We won some close games. It's a game of inches. Uh, our defense could have played better. Uh, there was only maybe one or two. I mean, everyone has a bad game. Lamar had bad games before. Obviously, Purdy had bad games. Like, trying to say, oh, he had a bad game here and this would cost him. That, that's just ridiculous. Overall, if you look at year statistically, and performance, Dak Prescott has been the best uh, 
quarterback in the NFL. I, and obviously, Purdy had a great year. He had 31 touchdowns, 911 interceptions, uh, 4,200 yards. And, and I think he had a really good year. But Dak, Dak is the MVP. Um, point blank period. Um, and, you know, let's get into coach of the year. Browns head coach, uh, D'Amico Ryan um, and Shane Steichen for the Colts. Uh, my coach of the year would have to be the Browns. I mean, uh, D'Amico Ryan, if it was if Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb didn't get hurt, you might have to give it to D'Amico Ryan. And that's going to get a it's going to get real tricky when it comes off to offensive rookie of the year, because this is going to make it hard. But the Browns, I mean, the way they've been able to bounce back, they're in the playoffs without the quarterback, without the running back. They're missing Jack Collins, Dredger Gwillis. They're missing key pieces to the O-line. And the way they've just been battled back, uh, I mean, without a doubt, the Browns, it, it should be the Browns. I mean, their defense played phenomenal. They've been outplaying everyone. Uh, man, oh, man, it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's been really special what they did. But the way D'Amico Ryans went from number one pick to playoffs and C.J. Stroud, I mean, wow. I mean, it, it was honestly, it's been, it's been exceptional. Um, let's say assistant coach of the year. Um, sheesh. I, you know, it, it it's tough because, you know, I, I'm going against my guy, Dan, I, and I think we played a hell of a year. But then again, it, it might have to go back to the Browns' D.C. I mean, that defense only allowed 270 yards. Uh, they had 28 total takeaways um, and allowed, you know, just under 21, just about 21 points per game. Uh, I think the Browns overall coach, their coaching staff has been phenomenal. They've been amazing. I think they're going to take this all the way out. I mean, what they've been able to accomplish this year has been truly amazing. I'm truly excited to see this Browns-Texan matchup in the first round. Uh, this is going to be it's going to be one for the books. Comeback play of the year, uh, this is tough. It's between DeMar Hamlin, Joe Flacco, and Josh Dobbs. I think if Josh Dobbs was able to sustain of uh, being a starter, didn't lose his job, I think he would have won. But as of right now, I would have to give it to Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco, he's been able to come into this league, uh, throw for multiple 300-yard games and help lead them to playoffs and win crucial games. Uh, you would give it to DeMar Hamlin, but the fact that he only played two games uh, really ruins it in my eyes. But obviously, his comeback is unbelievable. The fact that he's playing his game, he's He's doing what he needs to do to uh, stay healthy. And it's always great to see a brother who we almost lost on the field. But Joe Flacco, them last four or five games has been truly phenomenal. Uh, playing like he is that Super Bowl guy that he once was. I mean, it, it, it's truly special. So I'm going to have to give it to Joe Flacco. He's going to be our comeback player of the year. So that's three That's three Browns that's already uh, here. Uh, offensive player of the year. Um, th this is tough, and, and this is the hard. Um, it's between Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and uh, C.D. Lamb. And, and this sucks because I know if Tyreek Hill didn't battle that ankle injury, uh, he would have broke the record. I, it, it, it's tough. You know, finishing just shot 1,800 yards, and he has 13 TDs. Uh, it, it's truly phenomenal. But, you know, it. the offensive player of the year is probably going to be Christian McCaffrey. I don't think there's a player that means more to his team than uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the way he's a he's a he's a running threat and a wide receiver threat. 21 total touchdowns, uh, over 2,000 total yards. Uh, it's been uh, truly phenomenal to see. Uh, Tyreek Hill and CD, obviously the two best receivers in the league right now. Uh, Trevor Gears, but Christian McCaffrey, he just played 
lights out this year. He will be our offensive player of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year, and this is this is this is tough because obviously uh I'm in it, so people might say I'm biased. But honestly, it, it has to be between be me and Miles. Uh, I think me and Miles has been some of the most, if not dominant, people uh in a game of football. Uh, you know, I'm not even gonna pick that one because we're gonna leave that up to the fans. I need y'all to comment who y'all think y'all defense player of the year is. Um, because obviously we don't want to be biased, but I think we've been the most dominant uh and efficient rushers in the NFL. And you know, it, it it's not even close. I mean, you look at all the statistics, uh, we both lead in uh pressures, tied for sacks. Uh he had more forced fumbles, but tackles all around. I think me and Miles has been uh two of the best rushers in the NFL, without a doubt. And and, and I and I don't even second guess it. Uh offensive rookie of the year. This is this is tough, right? You got CJ Stroud and uh Puka. And this is why I'm struggling because I CJ, he missed them three games because of the concussion. And he still finished with 4,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions. So imagine what his stats could do it. And he did it without Noah Brown. Tank Dale got injured. Um, he missed half his line the whole year. So the adversity he's battled and the fact that he still made playoffs and what he's been able to do with such an interception rate has been truly phenomenal. He went from... He was the number two pick in the draft and led this team to the playoffs. Like, this is truly phenomenal. Like, man, oh, man. Like, and this is hard because Puka, he has he has the most receptions and receiving yards by a rookie in a single season. Like, I, it, it's hard to give that up. And CJ's my dog. Like, I, this is such a tough decision. But CJ had a great year. And I think if Puka didn't have the year he's had, it, it it would go to CJ under any other circumstances because you look at, man, you you just look at NFL history. I think it's so hard to break history. Like, history is so crucial, uh, so important, and it's such a hard thing to do. The 1486 and 105 receptions, like, it's just so hard to do it, and he did it as a rookie. I think he did enough because he, Jamar Chase and Jefferson Jefferson were offensive rookie of the year's and he beat both of them statistically. So it almost has to be him. It, it has to be. History, uh, what he's accomplished, he did more than both of them, and they both won it. It'll be interesting how the voters see it. But it's probably going to go to Puka, even though I think CJ should get it. Um, man, this is a tough one. But it has to. It probably has to be Puka, the year he's had. Uh, but CJ, what an unbelievable year. Like, the fact that he was able to lead that team to playoffs. He was once an MVP. Obviously, the concussion and things like that hurt. But man, oh man. And then defensive rookie of the year is between Jalen Carter. Uh, six sacks, two forced fumbles. Will Anderson, uh, 45 tackles, seven sacks. I think it has to go to Jalen Carter. I think Jalen has been super dominant. Um, you know, it's been... it's been um, Oh, and Devin Witherspoon's in it too, obviously. But, you know, Jalen Carter has just been a man amongst boys since the moment he came into the league. Uh, super dominant. Will Anderson had a great year, great rookie year. But, you know, uh, Jalen Carter, he's just been so dominant. I knew he would have this ceiling that would be unmatchable, uh, unimaginable. He is just a great player. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does in the future. I think he has potentially be one of the best, uh, you know, defensive tackles in the league if he's not top five already. But that's our award winners. You know, uh, let's, leave, let's get right into playoffs. Uh, you know, let's look at uh, the matchups. Uh, man, oh man, would this be good. Uh, Tyreek Hill's heading back to Kansas City. Kansas City up 
upset the Miami Dolphins earlier in the year. It's been silly. It'll be really interesting to see how they bounce back. Um, Matthew Stafford back to Detroit. Super great match. I feel like this is part of the script. Like the NFL has been working this for a long time because the way Kansas City kind of melted towards the end of the year, the way uh, the Rams kind of peaked towards the end of the year. Um, I think this is all part of the script, guys. No doubt about it. These storytelling endings, obviously, the Packers is facing uh, Dallas, with, and that's Mike McCarthy, the Dez catch. This is all part of the script. I, no doubt in my mind how they set this up so perfectly. Um, man, oh, man, I think this is going to be one of the best playoffs we've seen in a long time. Uh, I don't see no weaknesses on either side. I think all these teams is, you know, all these teams are just very good matchups. Uh, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be super interesting uh, to see how this how this goes. Uh, this is a first round like no other. I mean, so much history in all these matchups, Steelers, Bills. I mean, this is going to be super great. Uh, man, oh man. Uh, let's get into some predictions though. Um, obviously the Ravens have a bye. Browns at Texans. Uh, I think this is kind of where the, the ending ends for the Texans. You know, I think the Browns has been so good defensively. I don't know if they'll, and they have Martin Emerson, they got Grant Delpit, uh, Ward, and so many good defensive pieces. And obviously, I think the Texans line actually better. It's going to be very interesting to Tunzel and Garrett matchup, but I think the Browns edge it out. They just have so much on that defense that, and I think CJ's very limited to the weapons he has right now because of the injuries. It's going to be very interesting to see it, but if CJ's able to pull this out, I mean, that would be such a great win. It's going to be such an interesting matchup, but I have to go with the Browns in week one. Dolphins at Chiefs, I I can't lie. We don't know Jalen Waddle's health yet, so he may still be out. Uh, obviously, losing Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips. They still got Van Geekle. Uh, I believe they just faced another injury. Uh, the Dolphins. And it's like, can they bounce back? Can they fight through the adversity and win this game? And uh, Kansas City, this would be a truly great matchup. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see it. These injuries are just killing the Dolphins, though. It, it truly sucks. But can the Chiefs pull out another close one? I think the first time around, the Dolphins played a great defensive game to the Chiefs, and I think they could have won that game. I mean, man, oh, man, this is going to be a good one, but I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Well, honestly, honestly, I might go with the Dolphins. I I'm going to continue to go with the Dolphins because the Chiefs struggle offensively. They haven't been playing their greatest ball. They haven't been at their best. We haven't seen them at their best, and I'm afraid those turnovers, them drops, will cost them this game, especially when you have an explosive offense like the Dolphins. It's going to be very interesting to see. And the Dolphins just signed Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin, so they're they're replacing those rushers. It's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup, but I may have to go with the Dolphins. Steelers at Bills. Bills won the last of five games. Um, in the AFC East after starting 6-6. Six and six, I think the Bills is trending in the right way. I think the Bills win this game. Obviously, just seeing TJ Watts out, uh, a terrible loss for the Steelers, um, without a doubt. I mean, this sucks. I mean, this has been a terrible loss losing TJ Watt. Obviously, a defense player of the year candidate. And obviously, you still got Alex Highsmith and great things that can still get pressure. 
But the way Josh Allen has been playing is going to be a great game. I mean, they're talking about high temperatures with snow, and the Steelers have struggled to run the ball. Uh, it's I we're going to have to go to they're in Josh's house. It's going to have to go Bills. We're going to go Bills. Bills over Steelers. Uh, and the 49ers and the NFC. 49ers have the buy, obviously. We got Eagles Bucks. I don't know too much about the Eagles right now, especially with Jalen's finger. Is Devontae Smith playing? Is AJ Brown? What's his health? Uh, they've been battling. They there's safety destroys ACL. Obviously, I believe Darius Slay's back. Can they fight through this? The Bucks have been trending in the right way. Baker Mayfield's been playing good ball. Their defense has been playing great ball. Can the Eagles get through this adversity and win at the Bucks? It's going to be super exciting to see. Who knows? It, it, do they get their pieces back? Can Jalen uh, find a way to fight through the adversity with his hand and win this playoff game? Who knows? Uh, but if they can't, if those players are out, Jalen can't play, then obviously we have to go Bucks. We have to go Bucks. But I think the Eagles have more time. If they could get through this adversity. They do what they have to do. They can easily beat the Bucks. Um, but if they can't, the injuries, uh, if they can't play, then obviously the Bucks are going to win. Rams at Lions. Uh, I don't think it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, Kyron Williams been running lights out. The Rams have been able to run the ball at an extremely high level. And obviously with Puka, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford's been amazing. He's returning to Detroit. There might be a little bit of Huh, Jared, between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, there might be a little spice right there. Who knows? But this is going to be a great game. The Lions have the number one run defense. They have Ada Hutchinson. Um, they have some great rushers. But it's going to be the question, can they get stops against the Rams? Can they get those crucial stops? Uh, the Rams have been super explosive with Kyron Williams in the lineup. I'm going to have to go Rams are going to beat Lions in, in the first round of playoffs. And that leads us to Packers, Cowboys, uh, with Coach McCarthy. Coach McCarthy are the dead of the enemy. So I'm not going to let y'all make this about me. This is about the guys. I've been praising Jordan Love all season. He had one of the best debuts of uh, as a Packer quarterback in you know, Packer history. Obviously, 41, over 4,100 yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And yes, I said Jordan is a friend of mine, but we are not friends on Sunday. This is going to be a great matchup. Um, the Packers are also the youngest team to make playoffs since the NFL expanded to 16 games in 1978. This is a young team. Uh, it's going to be super, super, super dope matchup. Super exciting. I mean, man, oh man, this is going to be a close one. Uh, this is going to be a good one at that. But we're at home. Uh, man, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, obviously, LaFour is one of the best coaches. And, you know, Mike McCarthy is one of the best coaches. It's going, to be, it's going to be a heated matchup on Sunday. Great game. And obviously, they got Adrian, Aaron Jones, Aaron Dillon, A.J. Dillon. I mean, super great matchup. Can't wait to play out there Sunday. And before we go to the chat, let's look at this hilarious video going around of Jair getting mistaken for a fan on a local broadcast. Bring that energy right to Texas. I'm just here to tell you, Peg is back. You heard it from a fan. That analyst has to be better. That's one of the best uh, DBs in the game of football. I mean, man, oh, man. Jair is one of the funniest dudes in the league. There's no doubt about it. Uh, let's take some final questions from the chat uh, before we end off the final episode of the regular season. It's been amazing to be here with y'all. 
And from the chat, Mike is DPOY, lead, in, lead the league in pressures and not a holding call against him in 11 game. That's that is crazy. Uh, regardless, hands to the face, holdings, it don't matter. We just got to be relentless. We just got to keep going, keep being a hunter, and just keep being who we are. Dan Quinn has a lot of coaching rumors. Are you doing anything to convince DQ to stay? Uh, absolutely not. DQ always got to do his best for him. Uh, I know how good our relationship is. Uh, he would never do anything or hop on anything without, you know, kind of talking to me first or at least reaching out to me. Uh, you know, I wish Dan the best, but I know for right now, he's focused on playoffs. He's our DC, and I know he he's, he's ready to do anything to win. What does the NFL script say, t- say for you and the Cowboys? And my script that I sent to the NFL was that we're winning the Super Bowl. It don't matter who we play. Uh, the score is going to be 31-28, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and that was the script that I was given. So if y'all need some scorecards, uh, I just gave you one. How is the prep week in the playoffs different than the regular season? No difference. We're still off on a Tuesday, uh, hit, getting into it on Wednesday and Thursday. And obviously, it's going to be a relaxing weekend before we hit it Sunday afternoon on a big day. Uh, and it's going to be super exciting. But Cowboy Nation, y'all know what time it is. It's playoffs. It's time to protect the Lions. Then it's winner go home. I want to see y'all next week and potentially the week after that. But who knows? Let's get it, man. Regular season's over. It's been a hell of a year. It's been a pleasure speaking to y'all, being with y'all. I couldn't be more thankful for everyone who's tapped in and been a part of this podcast. And and it couldn't be more anything. So the line is out. Appreciate y'all. All love. Peace.